there will be. Uh, anybody need some peace right now? I dare you to get up right now on your feet. I don't care what it is. Nothing's too small. Nothing's too large. If you're sitting there, then that means there's nothing wrong in your body. Huh? You got all the money you need. <laughs> all your children are saved. All your grandbabies. Huh? Yeah! Now look up towards heaven and say, Lord, I need my peace. Then I want you to claim it and five-five people and just say, I got it. High-five them and say, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Hold on to your peace. God bless you. unto you from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who was dead but now is alive forevermore. Let's thank God for a living Jesus. To the officers and members of the Good Hope Church and to my friend, my brother, Dr. D.C., I give God thanks today in that God in Christ has granted us this gracious and glorious privilege and allowed us to be in this place one, one more time. God is so good in spite of us. God is so good. And even when we don't deserve his goodness, he's still good. I bless his name. I thank God that um, Doc has allowed me to come and share in this 25th anniversary and to kick it off. And uh, I said to the church this morning, that I really must love this brother uh, to be up at 8 o'clock in the morning <laughs> coming out of retirement and then again at 10 o'clock uh, my wife had me in Punta Cana last week and I got sand in my throat and sun in my eyes so by all means, pray for me this day. Let's celebrate this marriage. Miss Tori. Let's celebrate, let's celebrate, let's celebrate. She got that boy tied down. We were ministering together. When was that, a couple of months ago? in San Antonio, uh, was it San Antonio? Uh, 
pastor and I were ministering together, and um, he said, T, boy, I think, I think, I think I'm about to do it. I said, well, go on, brother, do your thing, because it's a good way to go. I have my wife with me. Valerie, why don't you stand up? Come on up, come on up. Me preach today. All right, well, that went out the way. Let's thank God for this legend. This legend. Vanessa, you're still doing it, girl. We've been on this road a long time, but you're still doing it. God bless you, baby. God bless you. All right. Well, the pastor this morning shared with me. He said, T, now, um, I got a clock back there. <laughs> yes, see, there it is. And he said, your honorarium is going to depend upon how well you use the clock. <laughs> he said, the more time you save in the clock, the better your honorarium is. <laughs> and he said, when you go over, we start taking money away. <laughs> and so... Uh, in the words of the old preachers back home when I was growing up, I ain't going to worry long. I ain't going to worry. But let, let's, 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 um, Pastor, can we have a consecration service before I start? That the Lord saved Dwight Barkins. Can we, can we pray for his salvation? Can, can we just, I, I feel the tension of the spirit uh, and maybe we could get him saved. We could. Um... <laughs> All right, let me get to the business at hand. In the book of Ezekiel, in chapter 37, I would like to begin reading at verse number seven. Why don't you stand with me? In the book of Ezekiel, Chapter 37, verse 7. This morning we dealt with verses 1 through 6 at the 8. And I want to continue on, if I might. These are the words of the text. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, 
prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. I want to continue on with this, this subject, the preaching imperative. As we celebrate this preacher pastor's anniversary, the preaching imperative. Thank you, you may be seated. Ezekiel is called to prophesy in the life of the people of Israel at a very difficult time in their history. When you study the movement of the people of Israel, they were people of cycle. They moved away from God. God would afflict them. They would repent. God would forgive them, draw them back unto himself, and then they would move away from God again. That was a cycle that continued in the life of the people of Israel. At the time of the prophecy of Ezekiel, we find that they have walked away from God. They have engaged in idolatrous practice. They have entered into a system of polytheistic worship, and God has afflicted them one more time. They are in Babylon now, in 70 years of captivity. And Ezekiel, different from Isaiah and Jeremiah, is an exilic prophet because he has been carried away captive with them. And you hear him as he sits by the river of Kibar. He says, I sat where they sat, in their plight, in their condition, in their dirt, in their misery. I sat where they sat. I said to the church this morning that if any pastor is ever going to be an effective pastor, he or she must learn to sit in the seat of the people to whom they minister. One of the grave problems today is there is too much separatism between the pulpit and the pews. There is this chasm, this wall that has been set up. And for some reason, the preacher of today has come to believe that he's a celebrity rather than a servant. And, and when he comes on Sunday morning, there are all of the little guards and the whatevers that setting up barriers between him, her, and the people. But God has called us to be servants and not celebrities. And so we must learn to sit in the seat where the people to whom we minister will sit. The Bible says God takes Ezekiel and takes him into a valley that's full of bones, calls him to move round and about. And he says unto him, Son of man, can these bones live? Listen at the title, Son of Man, not Son of God, but Son of Man, because he wants us to recognize that God used human instrumentality to do divine things. 
He wants us to understand that God doesn't use the perfected in order to do the perfect, but God uses imperfection to get done what he wants done. He puts treasure in, in trash. He puts divinity in dust. And we got to understand that when you come on Sunday morning and God stands up in D.Z. Caulfield, you are not looking at a perfected person. You are looking at a perfected God. Oh, I wish you hear me now. Because many a time, many a times we miss the divine intent of God because we're looking at human imperfection. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, we are called. We are called by God, ordained by God. But there's something wrong with each of us who stands in the pulpit. I wish I could tell you that I had it all together. I wish I could tell you in these 53 years I've been preaching that I've never made mistakes, that I've always lived right. But the reality is, God doesn't need a perfect vessel because he's a perfect God. He needs availability, and once we become available to him, God will use us to his glory. And son of man, can these bones live? Son of man, can, can they come to life? Ezekiel said, Lord, I don't know. But I know that you know. I don't know whether they can live, but I have no doubt in my mind that if you want them to live, you can bring life into them. You're working with bones, Lord. I saw you work with nothing when you stepped out into the expanse and said, let there be, and things start happening. If you can make something from nothing, show you can make something can, can these you know sometimes God puts us in the place of the absurdity sometimes it seems like God is reckless in his thinking sometimes God seems to be illogical sometimes God seems to be out of sorts listen at the question son of man can these bones live not human corpse not bodies but bones bones don't live by themselves. Bones need something else in order to live. And God says, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, Lord, I don't know, but you know. Dorth, death, scattered, bleached, dry. Dirt, death, scattered, bleached, and dry. And God says, can they live? 
can, can life come into them again? And he said, Lord, you know. Watch God. He says, Ezekiel, if there's going to be life, there has to be preaching. Because life is in the word. And if these bones are going to live, I don't need you to call an anatomical expert. I don't need you to call someone whose knowledge has knowledge in physiology. I just need you to stand in faithfulness and preach to the bones and say, all ye dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. Now, there is a parallel between what Ezekiel experienced with the bones in the valley and the dirt and the death and what we see today in America. Because just as there was a movement away from God on the part of Israel that brought about death and destruction, there is a movement today away from God that has brought about death and destruction. Just as Israel forgot who God was and where God brought them from, America has forgotten who God is and where God has brought us from. And can I twist it a little bit further? Black folk have forgotten who God is and where God has brought us from. We've come this far by faith over the hills and over the mountains and through the valleys we've come. But we didn't make it on our own. We made it because there was a God who watched over our affairs, who kept on guiding us, who kept on keeping us, who kept on blessing us. And when folks stood against us, God, but, but, like Israel, we've forgotten who God is. And so we come to church now and we sing songs that don't even have God's name in it. Preachers are preaching sermons without using the Bible. They talking about stories that have nothing to do with Jesus. We've become polite and poised and polished and formal and, 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 and we've lost sight on the fact, had it not been for God, who was on our side, 
I wish I had some help in here. We would have been cut off a long time ago. But God has kept us. He has watched over us. He, he has blessed us, not because of us, but in spite of us. And like Israel, we've forgotten God. And so we are dead. We're scattered. And we're dry. And we're looking for the answers to our dilemma in the wrong place. Congress can't do it. The Mueller report can't help us. We need something better than legislative enactments. We need something better than new laws. We need to hear the word of the Lord. He said, Ezekiel, I'm almost through here, y'all. Preach to the bones and tell them, oh, ye dry bones, hear these, the word of the Lord. Now watch God, y'all, because this just blows my mind. Ezekiel says, when he gets to the valley, the bones are bleached, they're dry, and they're scattered, which means there is no organization of the bones in the valley. They're everywhere, scattered, out of place. And God said, preach and tell the bones all ye dry bones hear the word of the Lord and he said I heard a shaking in the valley and bones began to move to find their component parts now that blows my mind because what would have happened if Cofield leg bone would have hooked up with mine? Yeah, yeah, don't, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Bones came together in organization. And so every skeleton found its component part. Ezekiel said, Lord, the bones are together, but they're still dead. He said, that's all right. Just keep on preaching. And skin and flesh and tendons began to come upon the bones. He said, Lord, we have corpse now, but they're still dead. He said, that's all right. Just keep on preaching. Talk to the wind 
and tell the winds to blow. The winds represent the Holy Spirit. And when the wind started blowing, yeah, bones start to come alive. Might I tell you that if there is going to be life, there got to be preaching. And preaching got to have the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit and the Word of God get together, life comes about. Hear what the Bible says. And when he preached, that was an exceeding great army. But preaching ought to raise up an army for God. God is raising up an army of people that will stand for him and represent his kingdom. He's not looking for a church full of folk. He's looking for an exceeding great army who understands the purpose of the kingdom and will execute that purpose. But the way that that's going to happen, there got to be preaching in the pulpit. And that's why you ought to thank God for D.C., D.C. Coalfield. Because when he comes to the pulpit, he preaches the word of God. It's in the word that we find life. It's in the word that we find hope. It's in the word that we find resurrection. I don't know about you, but I was sinking deep in sin a long way from the peaceful shore. But I heard 